Irvine. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI Irvine. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of KUCI or the University of California, Irvine. Hello, car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Here to give the command to start this morning's show is UC Irvine economic student and Pirelli World Challenge touring car driver, Samantha Tan. Drivers, start your engines. This week on Speedway Sounds. UC Irvine economics student and Pirelli World Challenge touring car driver Samantha Tan joins me to discuss the final races of her season and the most popular car club at UC Irvine imports at UCI. I'll also bring you the SoCal car calendar for this weekend and news from around the world of motorsport. All that and more this week on Speedway Sounds. Hello, good morning, and happy Thursday. I'm your host, Noah Stein. My guest this morning has just finished her first season of racing in the Pirelli World Challenge Touring Car Championship, in which she competed on North America's best road courses while also studying economics at the University of California, Irvine. She joins me to talk about the racing experience she's gained in her rookie season and the ups and downs of the final races of that season. And she'll also discuss how she brings her love of cars to UCI on the board of UCI's biggest car club, Imports at UCI. Welcome back to Speedway Sound, Samantha. Thank you for having me again. Last time you were on the show in early August and we talked about your races in the summer. Since then, you competed first at the Utah Motorsports Campus, the Circuit of the Americas in Texas, and lastly, the Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Utah was quite an up and down weekend because you avoided a first turn collision in race one, but got caught up in a first turn collision in race two. What was your thinking process going into that first corner, trying to avoid colliding cars ahead of you? Well, like my coach always taught me, look where you want to go. Since it all really happened really, really fast, that was the only thing that went through my mind. So I headed for where there was space and did my best to avoid all the cars in the collision. And then what happened in race two that put you out of the race? Basically, there was an incident between some of the cars in the front and it caused a 370Z to basically spin in the first corner and face the entire TC pack. And I was making my way around the 370Z, but unfortunately an Audi behind me smashed into him and therefore his the back of the 370Z basically ripped my front left tire open and I was out of the race immediately. Dang, that's unfortunate. But. You had a much better weekend at the Circuit of the Americas a few weeks later. You had your best weekend of the season with two 14th place finishes. What made the difference that weekend to earn your biggest points haul of the season? Well, my teammate Nick coached me during practice and we basically did follow the leader throughout all of the sessions and watching his line and where he was braking really helped me in getting faster since I'm more of a visual learner. Consequently, I got 
a lot more confident with my driving skills and I was more aware of the limits of my car. And then going into qualifying in the races, I had a different mentality, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worrying so much about if I was going to mess up in a corner or if my competitors were better than me. I felt really, really positive about myself and about my driving. And thus, it allowed me to focus on the correct things, such as braking and turn-in points and throttle application coming out of a corner. So what really made that big difference at Coda was my absolute confidence in myself. Definitely. During your weekend at Coda, I also saw there was a barbecue hosted by your team that was a hit with the fans. A new tradition, perhaps? I really, really hope so. All of us at Preller World Challenge would not be there without the fans. And ST Racing and I wanted to give back, and we thought it'd be fun to host a barbecue for everyone. And being able to meet and interact with some of the fans, officials, and the paddock made me really happy and excited for the race weekend. And it put the whole team in a really good mood. It really was our pleasure to have everyone there, and we hope that we can host another event like that next season. Most recently, just a few weeks back, you left Irvine to go to Monterey, California, and compete in the season finale there. But no doubt the focus was on your teammate Nick Whitmer, who was second in the driver's standings going into those final two races. What was the team camaraderie that weekend, and during what became an even tougher day on Saturday, after the morning race, where Nick was disqualified due to the car being underweight? It was really tense coming into that weekend, and I tried my best to lighten everyone's spirits and be energetic in those cold Monterey mornings. And I know Nick was nervous, but he did really well, in my opinion, in that first race. He came third, right? (laughs) Um, I remember I left the track right after the race for lunch, but I remember coming back and Nick wasn't at our trailer and the team looked like super depressed. So when I learned of the news, I was really heartbroken for Nick. I felt that the official who made the decision was unfair since this was like the first time our team had done something wrong or had something go wrong at Tech. And it was a genuine mistake. Nick didn't want the cool shirt system in the car and the team forgot to put actual Mm. weight in to make up for it. Mm -hmm. 10 pounds cost him the possibility at winning the championship. Yeah. I think that the officials could have just penalized him by making him start from the back of the field for the second race. But they took away his third place points and made him start from the back anyway. Mm-hmm. I remember that first race. Yeah, he had a very impressive run, but I thought that was just the finish he needed in order to stay with Paul Holton, who eventually won the championship that afternoon in the final race. But then when I logged on to Twitter to do the hashtag Andy Dizen Racing coverage that afternoon, I saw the news and definitely it was very, a big surprise. Yeah. Second place was a Miata, but they even they even disqualified second place for being underweight as mm-hmm. well. But um, to put it into perspective, 10 pounds is about, I think, a tenth of a second per lap. But first place and Paul Holton's fast lap was still a full second faster than Nick's. So we were thinking uh, something might be weird there. But I just I felt I felt really, really bad because we had let him down as a team. But overall, I think that he worked really hard this season and he proved that he's an amazing driver and he shouldn't let political situations like this dishearten him. And if he's listening to this, we can only come back better than before. And I fully believe that we will win the championship next season. Turning towards your races, how were your races at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca in the 38? My races were okay. (laughs) With school starting up again, I felt like I was more stressed and not focused on the right things. My flight coming on was also delayed and I didn't get enough sleep. So during practice, I felt like I didn't perform as well and I kept thinking about that. I was thinking about how much slower I was in comparison to the pack and I kept telling myself, 
you know, don't mess up this corner or how disappointed some people would be if I didn't get faster. So during race one, I did make up some positions, but I wasn't satisfied still with the way I was thinking in my performance. Then after I heard the news about Nick, the atmosphere of the trailer was pretty sad and it affected my mentality. But race two did go better, though it just wasn't the same as how it was at Coda. But all in all, I still had a lot of fun regardless. Mm -hmm. If you attended the Pirelli World Challenge Touring Car Banquet, did you? Yep. How was it? It was a good time. The team and I got to uh, dress up and take advantage, or they took advantage of the open bar, so we just made a lot of jokes all night. And the Mm -hmm. videos the series made outlining the season were really nice as well. And although we didn't win the driver's championship nor the team championship, Nick brought home a big third-place trophy, and we were satisfied with how our first season's results were as a rookie team. Yeah, Nick had an impressive race in race two where he drove from the back, as you were saying, to sixth position, I believe, and that earned enough points to keep third. Yep. Mm -hmm. You finished 29th in the driver's standings and scored points in five races over the course of the season. I can definitely say those stats overlook a lot about how productive of a season this was for you. Where are you now as a race car driver compared to when I first interviewed you all the way back in April? I think that I've progressed in terms of learning about what helps me perform well, and I've obviously learned about how to control a real-wheel drive car a lot better. Um, I know that to become a better race car driver from this point on, all I need is seat time because seat time constitutes confidence. So right now I'm taking a lot of courses between now and spring quarter so that I could possibly take time off of school to go work on my driving skills. I know what I need to do to get closer to achieving my goals as a driver. Very cool, very cool. And let me ask one more thing. What was your favorite race this year? My favorite race from the whole season was Coda, not only because I had performed as well as I did or performed the best that whole season, but because of the different mentality I had. And I was like very, very confident. I was very positive. And I guess... Being in racing for a while now, it kind of, the pressures kind of build up and you forget that you're there to have fun, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, because what's the point if you're not having fun? And, you know, racing is one of my biggest passions and that weekend really reminded me of that. So yeah, that wraps up discussion about the Pirelli World Challenge season. Let's move on to a couple of other activities you've been able to do throughout the year. You had the opportunity to attend the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix last month. What was that like? That was like a lot of fun and it was very, very hot and humid there. So um, I was also super jet lagged. (laughs) I don't want to admit that, but um, 12 hour difference, I believe, Mm -hmm. between uh, Toronto and Singapore. But overall, we were sitting in turn two, I believe, and we were rooting for Ferrari. Me, my dad and a couple of his friends were there Mm -hmm. and we were all decked out in Ferrari gear. But start of the race happened and immediately both Ferrari cars were out of the race. And it was quite heartbreaking. But I hadn't been to an F1 race for a really long time. And seeing those cars go around and hearing them, it was a really, really, really good time for me and Mm -hmm. really, like, sparked my passion for racing even more, I guess. That's awesome to (laughs) hear. I've always wanted to go to an F1 Grand Prix. Now you're back here studying economics here at UC Irvine. But after the day's work is done, you're on the board of UC Irvine's most popular car club, Imports at UCI. Imports has over 2,000 members in its Facebook group. What is the club's mission? 
Our mission is that we exist to provide a hub for fellow car enthusiasts to connect with each other and the industry through our involvement. And we strive to provide an open environment free of discrimination and welcome enthusiasts from all denominations. So you don't even need a car to join. Awesome. Yeah. What are the club's regular activities and maybe what do you have planned in the future? We host weekly car meets on Tuesdays starting at 7 p.m. And we try to host these near UCI so students can get there easily. But if you don't have a car, we do offer rides from the flagpoles. Next week's meet will be at Wingstop. And we also will be hosting a really big car meet nearing the end of the school year. So stay tuned for news about that. Very cool. I'll definitely be adding that to the, the weekly segment I do called the SoCal Car Calendar, which covers car events in Southern California. <laughs> Who are your fellow board members on imports? Who do you work with? I work with Adrian Bahani, Alex Wu, Ivan Chu, Jean Choi, Justin Garcia, Kevin Contjoro, Kitang, and Ryan Zare. And we all work together collectively. All right. And now let's go to our fan questions. From Tristan Cortez, Speedway Sound's F1 analyst, he tweeted, If you could race at any track in the world, which one would it be and in what car? I think two of the um, tracks that I really, really want to go to in the future is the Nürburgring and Spa. And I think at the Nürburgring, I'd want to drive a BMW. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really love the uh, M3 DTM. But for Spa, I think I'd like to drive an F2000 or a Ferrari FXXK. That, that sounds cool, yeah. <laughs> I think my next fan question is from Seth Adam, at Seth13459 on Twitter. What other racing series do you aspire to drive in someday? I, When I was a kid, I used to aspire to be an F1, but after sitting in my first formula car and realizing some of the, um, not problems, but hardships of getting into that series, I think I've changed my goal to Le Mans. And I also think that Ferrari Challenge would be a lot of fun to drive in. So that's what I'm working towards next. Okay. Yeah. And one other question from Seth. Who are your favorite race car drivers? My favorite race car drivers would be Ayrton Senna, classic. And also my teammate Nick for having (laughs) insane car control and being a great guy on and off the track. Definitely. Yeah. Are your plans for next year set in stone yet? And if not, maybe when might we expect them? I'll concede that the off-season between now and the next Pirelli World Challenge season is quite long. You have a lot of time to decide. Um, Yes, the plans for next season are set in stone, but I cannot say anything yet. However, I will say that there is exciting news coming very, very soon. Awesome. All right. I'll take that. Thank you so much, Samantha Tan, for joining me today on Speedway Sounds. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you back on before the next season. And Samantha, how can we follow you on social media throughout your off-season? I have a website, samanthatanracing.com, and you can follow me on both Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and just look for Samantha Tan Racing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, and you can see Samantha Tan's races on television this Sunday night, October 29th, on CBS Sports Network at 3 p.m. Pacific in the Pirelli World Challenge 2-hour special from the Grand Prix of Monterey. 
Up next this morning is the segment I mentioned during that interview, the SoCal Car Calendar. This is where I present all the local car events coming up this weekend in Southern California. So let's start with Saturday, October 28th in the city of Anaheim, Hot Rod Saturdays at Angelo's 511 South State College Boulevard from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. The second annual Family Fun Day car show will take place in Burbank in Carlsbad, See Bad Cars, a weekly thing from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. The previous Burbank event is from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., by the way, the second annual Family Fun Day car show. In Corona, Cars and Coffee Corona from 7 a.m. to 9. The Halloween car show at the Boondocks in Corona is at 6 p.m. on Saturday. The annual KOC car show and Chili Cook-Off is in Costa Mesa from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Rides and Coffee in Gardena from 8 a.m. to 11.30. In Gardena, the Family of Faith Classic Car, Truck, and Bike Show from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. In Garden Grove, DK's Donuts from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Huntington Beach, Donut Derelicts from 6 a.m. to 9. In La Cañada, Early Riders at the United Artists Theater from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. In Lancaster, Wings and Wheels Chili Cook-Off from 10 a.m. to 2. The 15th Annual Classic Car Show in Laverne will take place from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday. Mission Viejo will have Haunted Cars on the Hill from 3 p.m. to 7. Marietta will have the Tonino Cruise-In Car Show from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Chariots of the Streets will take place in Norco from 10 a.m. to 3. In Palm Springs, Famous Planes, Cars, and Chili Cook-Off from 7 a.m. to 2. In Playa del Rey, Manhattan Beach Cars and Coffee from 8 a.m. to 10 in San Clemente, South Orange County Cars and Coffee at the outlets at San Clemente at a new time from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. In Valencia, Coffee and Cars, 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. And lastly, for Saturday, the Fall Fling. See, reading some Roman numerals here. Fall Fling, I think it's 22, all Mopar car show from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. in Van Nuys. Now for Sunday, October 29th, in Gardena, the Classic Cruisers Association from 1 p.m. to 5. In Lakewood, Hot Cakes and Hot Rods at Glory Day Sports Grill from 8 a.m. to 11. In Newport Beach, Cars and Cafe at Moulin Bistro from 7 a.m. to 9. In Newport Beach also is the Balboa Car Show at the Fun Zone from 7 a.m. to 9. Classic Cars and Coffee at Western Bagel in Northridge at 6 a.m. The 38th Annual Roman Relics Car Show in Oxnard from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. In Santa Ana, Gasoline Alley Customs and Classics Car Show from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. In Seal Beach, Hot Rods at the Beach at Glory Day Seaside Grill from 8 a.m. to 11. In Silverado, Cars and Coffee at Silverado Canyon Market, 9 a.m. to 12. In Tustin, the Million Dollar Breakfast Cruise from 7 a.m. to 11. And lastly, on this week's SoCal Car Calendar, Woodland Hills Super Car Sunday from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And that's it for this week's SoCal Car Calendar. You can find information on all these events, including flyers and times, at the website SoCalCarCulture.com. You can go there for more information. Now for some local news. Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California, released a press release describing their economic impact in both San Bernardino County and the state of California. Auto Club Speedway, NASCAR, and ancillary events bring more than $105 million in economic activity to the Inland Empire each year. Auto Club Speedway, Southern California's premier motorsports facility, contributes more than $105 million in economic impact to San Bernardino County, in their press release, according to a recently released report by the University of California Riverside Center for Economic Forecasting and Development. Based on data from the analysis, which were estimated using input output models, 
From the impact analysis for planning in-plan system, Auto Club Speedway generated $105.8 million in economic output in San Bernardino County, $148.7 million in economic output in Southern California, and $156.2 million in economic output in the state of California. Auto, a quote here, Auto Club Speedway is one of San Bernardino County's marquee venues and it plays a major role in attracting dollars to our county, said San Bernardino County 2nd District Supervisor Janice Rutherford. She says, over the past 20 years, Auto Club Speedway has proven to be a great community partner and a catalyst for economic growth in the Inland Empire. Actually, that's, that's a quote from Assemblymember Mark Steinarth, California State Assembly, 40th District. Since opening in 1997, Auto Club Speedway has had a continued positive impact not just on the Inland Empire and Southern California, but the entire state, said Speedway President Dave Allen. Our events, which include NASCAR drag races, concerts, commercial shoots, and ancillary motorsports events, attract thousands of fans and visitors from around the world and continue to boost the economy and attract worldwide media coverage year-round. And as a longtime resident of the Inland Empire, I know that Auto Club Speedway has created many fond memories for countless families, including my own over the years, said State Senator Connie M. Leva from the 20th District. I'm also grateful for the positive economic impact that the Speedway makes in our area from visitors that spend at local restaurants, stores, hotels, and other businesses. The Inland Empire economy certainly benefits from the presence of the Speedway in our region, and I look forward to this magnet for tourism continuing to thrive for many years to come. The press release continues, visitor spending combined with the Speedway's investment and jobs generate further revenue for the Inland Empire as well as San Bernardino County and the state of California. The economic survey reports $2.5 million in additional tax revenue alone for the county, $3.4 million for Southern California, and $3.5 for the state. $3.5 million for the state. The report concludes that Auto Club Speedway has a social impact on the community that goes far beyond the economic activity generated by its day-to-day -day operations. The Speedway improves the quality of life through community outreach programs, including Lefty's Re Reading Challenge, Lefty's Reading Challenge fund drives, and charitable donations. It's great to hear that Auto Club Speedway, this is my personal opinion, it's great to hear that Auto Club Speedway is having a positive impact on the economy as it has been for the past 20 years, and I look forward to the future and look forward to attending more events there and covering more events for Speedway Sounds at the big local track. Now for an update on the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. We had a major shakeup in the playoffs this past Sunday at the Kansas Speedway. Martin Truex Jr. wins another mile and a half race. This is his third of the playoffs and it's his seventh win of the whole year. He also won at the previous two mile and a half tracks in the playoffs at Chicagoland and Charlotte, showing that he is extremely consistent and extremely fast on mile and a half tracks specifically. This could this could have an extreme benefit for him for the next few races of the playoffs because Texas Motor Speedway in a couple of weeks is a mile and a half that he can use if he wins to lock himself in to the finale in Homestead, which, guess what, is another mile and a half track. And if he wins Homestead, then he wins the championship. In a shocking twist, Kyle Larson, who was considered the second or third best driver the entire season, blew an engine early on in the 400-mile race before the end of the first stage. Therefore, he walked away from that race with only one point and was, therefore, eliminated from the playoffs. This is a shock considering he's won five races this year, including the Auto Club 400. In another twist, Jamie McMurray and Matt Kenseth were involved in a major late-race pileup. This put McMurray out of the race immediately, but Matt Kenseth w went to the pit lane to repair the damage. However, Matt Kenseth's number 20 team for Joe Gibbs Racing ended up being parked by NASCAR, essentially disqualified from the remainder of the race because they violated a crash clock rule where they sent seven men, 
over the wall, over the pit lane wall, to service the car when only six are allowed. Because the crash clock means that you only have five minutes to repair the car, having another man repair the car is considered an illegal advantage, and therefore the car is unsafe to return to the track. So Matt Kenseth was immediately parked, and he did not have enough points to advance into the next round of the playoffs. In another twist, defending champion Jimmy Johnson spun twice in the Kansas 400-mile race, yet he still finished high enough to avoid elimination, thanks to the parking of Matt Kenseth, as well as the engine, the blown engine of Kyle Larson. And Kyle Busch, who was set to be eliminated before the race, ended up doing really well, earning enough points to advance to the next round of the playoffs and remain in contention for the championship. Kyle Busch ended up finishing 10th, earning 43 points in addition to stage points. And that's it for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup playoff update for this week. And the next race, which is the start of the third round of the playoffs, is this weekend at Martinsville. There are four races remaining in the season. If a driver in the playoffs wins one of the next three races, they're an automatic lock into Homestead. So everyone will be pushing hard, as always, to try to win these next three races, Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix. There are eight drivers in contention for the playoffs, and four will move on to the finale in Homestead. So this weekend, the cup race in Martinsville and also a truck race in Martinsville for their playoffs. The Formula One World Championship will race at the Mexican Grand Prix this weekend. And that's all I have for this week on Speedway Sounds. Follow the show at Speedway Sounds, all one word on both Facebook and Twitter for show previews and your opportunity to ask my guests a question. Also, you're welcome to use the hashtag AnteatersInRacing whenever we're talking about motorsport here on the UC Irvine campus. Coming up next to begin the later morning's music programming is Sounds of Rich Mahogany with DJ Lilsdo here on KUCI. I'm Noah Stein, and thank you so much for listening to me talk about my lifelong passion this morning, and I hope you'll always wear a helmet and never ever drive distracted or under the influence. And please always wear your seatbelt. You can find the podcast of this show on Facebook.com slash Speedway Sounds or on Twitter at Speedway Sounds, probably this evening or tomorrow because I have a midterm later today. All right, you're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and have an awesome day. K-K-U-C-I-I-C-I-C-K-U-C-I. Irvine. Irvine.